This podcast is for singers who have music in their soul and want to be in the spotlight. We are Invictivox Radio. Hey everybody, welcome back for another episode of Invictivox Radio. I'm your host, Angie Lee, with... Mike Lee. Hey, how's it going? Mike, what are we talking about today? So, today, well... To talk about today, we have to rewind a little bit to last time. Yeah. So last time we talked about... Episode two. In episode two, I asked Angie, if you could recap the episode, uh, what are your major takeaways from this? And you listed five things. Yeah, five steps. Right. So those five steps, just in case you guys have forgotten, is one, know where you're at right now. Be real with where you're at. Be real with where you're at. Yeah. Two, be real with what you want and don't be afraid of it. Three, declare what you want. Four, figure out what step number one is and take it. And then five, don't stop. So we're going to rewind just a little bit back to what step one is. Step one is, which is know where you're at and be real about where you're at. Yeah. Because too often people will have these big dreams. Because last time we talked about know what you want. So a lot of people actually know what they want. And they don't understand why they never get there, right? But a big part of knowing what you want to set to step take your first step, like we were talking about, you actually have to know where you're at right now. Be real with what you're at with where you're at right now. Just like understanding what your true skill sets are, you know, where your starting point is. And be real with that because too often I think we're either too hard on ourselves and we don't give ourselves enough credit about where we're at and and how much we know and what our skill sets are. And then sometimes we actually think we're way better than we are. (laughs) And And we're we're not, and we're like in the delusional world. And I think that tends to be the default, right? Some people are very far advanced and really far ahead and they'll, they'll downplay themselves. But that's kind of who you are. Actually, you would downplay yourself a lot. Possibly, but more often than not, and I've been in this situation for sure, is <laughs> is acting like I was way further ahead than where I was. And the tricky thing about this is we're so good at lying to ourselves, at, at yeah. kind of creating this facade within our own head, that we it's hard for us to really even acknowledge where we're at. Here's just like a quick example that I use when we're teaching people is... My whole life, so when I was when I was younger, I was a, a skinny kid, very skinny. Well, I mean, let's be real. You're almost six feet tall, and when you graduated high school, you weighed 135 pounds. Yeah. So it's skinny. Like yeah, you're, between 130 and your 135. Your biceps were was, smaller than skinny. your elbows. For sure. <laughs> so so skinny, it's like skinny. You were, just skinny. you were just a skinny young man. Right. And so I created this story that my body can just handle carbs really well. When you can eat junk food like crazy. When really, it's probably because I was super active, played lots of sports, did all this stuff, and I really didn't eat all that much at all, mm-hmm. right? So it's not that my body just handled carbs better than <laughs> most people. It's just that uh, my calories in versus calories out was just way off balance. Mm-hmm. So I carried that story with me forever. And yeah. then and then when we got married, I, would, I just eat like a 
medium pizza or all this food for lunch every day. And you get like a whole Little Caesars medium pizza or you go get like five for five at Arby's and eat all five sandwiches. Right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was expecting that like, hey, my body handles carbs really well. Oh, and you like, you were really close to a really good donut shop. So you like go get six donuts and like just pound donuts. Right. And, and then... <laughs> And then me and my friends got to this point where we were doing a fitness challenge. We're like, okay, let's go get our body fat percentage measured. And so we all went and did it. And I would, and I had the highest body fat percentage. Which was funny because you didn't look like you were the fattest person in the group. Not by a long shot. But I, I, I know. Well, <laughs> but I think, I, but I think this is part of it too. Is sometimes, so sometimes we're good at hiding our mm-hmm. deficiencies. Mm-hmm. But then when I saw that, it blew my mind. I was like, what the heck? And my whole world kind of collapsed at that point so I had to go back and 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 ask myself okay what are the stories that I'm telling myself that are incorrect and I think that's what leads to this state of delusion more than anything well it's just a perception error right right it's the way you perceive your reality and most of us never stop to question what our perceptions are we never stop to think oh I'm on a mind loop right now and I'm just reacting to my life And so I'm just going along. And so all your stories become reality. All your stories become, like I said, kind of this loop that you're on and this perception that guides your life. And so you can just be in a complete state of delusion about where you really are. Right. And and what's really going on. And so it's really, this is a great analogy, not just analogy because it actually happened, but just comparing that, that's so important because you were at like, what, what was your body fat percentage? It was like... Like 28 or 29. And to be real, that's not awful, right? That's not like the worst in the world. But you thought you were coming in at what? Uh, I thought I was going to be at like 15, 16. <laughs> and it was like double that. So. <laughs> so it's like, that's a huge, the huge misconception. And I mean, it's funny because our sister-in-law, we were, we were all like boating one day. And <laughs> she made the joke that Mike had a double butt. <laughs> because because you were wearing the same swimsuit you wore when you were skinnier. Yeah. And you were gushing out the top and it was <laughs> I was scorching. <laughs> and it made your back look like it had a <laughs> I can't talk, it made it look like it had a second butt. Yeah. And so so every summer now we always have this joke of is Mike gonna have the double butt? So, <laughs> so but reeling it back into actually what we're talking about is I think that this this delusion cycle is fed because you people are too scared to get out and get real honest feedback to get a yeah. variety of feedback like if i would have went and asked some of my friends like when we're out swimming or playing around and i have my shirt off and stuff it's like yeah what do you think my body fat percentage is i might have said 15 in my head but they could look and go oh 22 20 30, whatever. whatever. And then it makes you kind of call everything into question. It's like, okay, where am I really at? But in order to to do that, you have to get beyond your perception because you're seeing one thing, but Mm -hmm. that might not be the case. And it's funny because we go back to like the old American Idol days when Simon would just rip on all the people that definitely had no business being there with most of the other people, right? And, mm-hmm. it, and in my head back then, I used to always ask myself, why, how does this person even get there? Like, why do they think they're good enough to compete on that level with people who are legitimately phenomenal singers? And all I can think is they've just never had any real sincere feedback. It's like 
hey, I sing in my room and my mom and my grandma tell me I'm great, right? And really mm-hmm. the mom and grandma don't want to break their heart, but... Or it, what it... And then you're right. It's like, oh, you should go out on a big stage. That's not the feedback back they need. What they need is, hey, you love this. You have a passion for this. Now let's go get you some training and some help so you can actually do something with it. And, and that's what people... I mean, in this situation you're painting right now, that's the scenario, scenario I would hope for for them because I would never say you have it or you don't. I don't believe that at all. I think it's completely trainable. And especially if you have a passion and a purpose in music, then definitely jump in and go for it. Uh, I, I work with people all the time who come in, who, who their friends and family tell them that they're tone deaf, and then within a couple of lessons, they're singing on pitch, right? right. So it's, it's a matter of, like you said, having honest and sincere feedback from the people around you that you can trust. So this is the difficult thing, though. To, to be real with where you're at, you have to step outside of yourself, right? And one of the easiest ways to do that is to ask for feedback from people. But there is a danger in that. One, because you might be afraid of what you're going to hear. But two, who can you ask that can give you real feedback? Because let's be real, Everyone wants to think that they know everything about music, but most people really don't. Right, for sure. They really don't. And so if you're taking your songwriting, your art, your craft, your beauty, the thing that you've made, and you're asking for feedback, that's a really hard thing to do when no one in the room actually knows how to write a song. Right, because everyone's going to give you opinion rather than something that's measured off of actual like knowledge relative to other people right? <laughs> right they don't have a knowledge base it's just like oh this is my opinion i think you suck so that's really hard to come to because if you're if you're a pillar on your own and you're surrounded by lots of friends and family who may love you but they don't really understand art and music and creating and uh, singing and performing and all these things it can be really difficult to ask them for feedback and if you do ask them for feedback because you maybe you feel comfortable with it maybe what they're going to give you is skewed. Like you said, mom is always going to love it. Mom is always going to think you're incredible. I have some really, really bad songs that I did on my first album that are, they're honestly so embarrassing because they're just my beginner stuff, right? they're They're not great songs. My voice didn't sound great. The production's okay. And it's just like, I I buried that. I am never showing anyone that because it's embarrassing for me. But guess what? That's the first album my mom gets out to show everyone because she's still proud of it. So that's the other thing is having honest feedback from people who love you and appreciate you, but also understand how to give you feedback. Right. right? You Don't take feedback from haters, by the way, because they're never going to give you an honest opinion. Yeah, either. they just hate you. So the... The, the way I like to think of it is kind of, so if you were doing a science experiment, mm-hmm. right, and you got a bunch of data, so if you went out and asked a bunch of people or, or you do an experiment, you get all these data points, and then you usually throw out the high and the low, and you get kind of a real vision of where you're at by the middle. The median. Right. That That's what's going to give you, so if most people think that you're, you're really good. Like if you go ask 10, 15 people and 10 of the 15 say you're good, then you, you probably are really great. Pretty good. Yeah. You know, and, and so you got to actually look at that median. But also, like you were saying, 
the quality of the feedback is dependent on the knowledge base of the person yeah. that you're asking. Well, and that's why it's so important to surround yourself with a community of artists, right? A community of people and not just artists, but like producers and managers and pro like promoters and just people who spend a lot of time around music. Right. Mentors, teachers, just everything, just people who are actually in this industry. And if you can surround yourself with a tribe of people who understand your journey, understand what you're trying to do, and understand how to create, then you can get sincere, honest, loving feedback. And that's what we're looking for so that we can stand our ground and then take the feedback and receive it instead of fighting it because our perception might be different. Right. No, absolutely. And here's, here's another point I want to make, though. Mm -hmm. So say you do find out this stuff, and you get, you get to the point where you've now got this understanding that you are not actually very good, but you have a passion for it, and you're willing to work for it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's so, this is scenario A. Yeah. So if you if you find out that you're not actually that great, don't feel like it's over for you. Not at all. You just know where your your platform is that we're starting on. Right. right? Because you have to know where you're where you're starting from to know how to get to where you want to go. Yeah. One thing that I really love that I heard in a podcast is I heard uh, Kobe Bryant on a podcast, and he was talking about how when he was a kid, he did like a summer basketball camp. Mm -hmm. And he was horrible compared to all the other kids. Like, I think he said he didn't even score a point. He was just no good. And the school counselor was like, yeah, you shouldn't pursue basketball. It's never going to amount to anything for you. Don't do it. But in his mind, he was like, you know what? This is something I love, and I'm going to get better. I'm going to just work my butt off to get better. And I know I'm not going to be better than these guys in six months or like a year from now. He looked multiple years down the road and he said, I'm just going to catch up a little bit each year, a little bit each month. Yeah. And so that was the focus. And then uh, I think he said three or four years later, he was destroying everybody. And we all know that he had a great career in the NBA and ended up being one of the best Players of all time. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's an all-star for sure. So it's, it's this idea of be real with where you're at, um, having really honest, sincere feedback. So scenario A is that you realize that you're not as good as you thought you were, which right. is a lot of people. That's totally, that's totally real. Scenario B is you're actually better than you thought you were. For sure. You're further along than you thought you were. And most of the time when I see people like that, it's because they are surrounded by a lot of people who doubt them, who don't support the vision, who don't see music as a viable career, who downplay what they really want, downplay their talent because they're afraid. Right. Most of the time, if people downplay you and downplay your dreams, it's because they're afraid for you or they, they have fear of, of this big music industry for some for some reason, people don't think it's real or that it's sustainable or that it's a viable career. You know, for whatever reason it is, you might be surrounded by people who don't support it. So they downplay it. And so a lot, I see that a lot with people who are actually super talented, 
and then end up settling because they don't have enough faith in it because the people around them don't have enough faith in it. For sure. And so um, I would say that's scenario B, right? right? I'm better than I thought I was. Well, and here's here's another factor that I would put into scenario B where you said that you thought that I fit a lot into scenario B. You do a lot of the time. And so just sitting here thinking about it, I thought, well... But you're surrounded by a lot of support. Right. In in the thing that I'm actually good at. But here's mm-hmm. the problem is I grew up as a very insecure person, very shy, very uh, scared of everything. And I think because of the insecurities I have in some areas, mm-hmm. it makes me insecure in almost everything I do. So it's hard for me to take feedback that says that I'm actually good at something because in my mind, I always see myself as mediocre at almost everything. You always said, I mean, even when we met, you were like, I'm the jack of all trades, the master of none, right? Right. I'm good good at everything, but not great at anything. And I never saw you that way. I always saw what your strengths were, but because you had one of those loops in your head, one of those stories that you're mediocre, you lived your life that way. Right. Right. And you didn't see your superpowers. You didn't see your talents and your gifts. And so it's really cool. Now that you do, you're starting to see all that and you're starting to step into that. And it's a beautiful thing. So, but I will point this out to you too. Now in your life, you do have a lot of support, right? Because you've created a tribe around you to support your dreams and your goals and who you want to be and who you see yourself to be. Growing up though, you didn't in a lot of ways. And there was a lot of negativity in your home growing up with, hey, oh, you can't do that. You know, that's not who we are. We're shy. Right. We don't talk to people. We don't, we don't, we, we stay in our lane. Right. Right. I mean, your grandparents told you to stay in your lane at Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. actually wrote us cards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that yeah. reminded you that you're not a music industry professional. You're an engineer. So that's crazy, right? Because that just totally plays into this you didn't have support growing up to do more than what you're what, than going to school to be a professional engineer. And, and so it's interesting that that totally plays into this scenario B of I'm better than I think I am because I don't have the support and people telling me how great I am. Right. And, and that's crazy. So I think that's it, crazy. I think it's that support part like you were talking yeah. about. And then on the flip side is understanding, okay, I'm going to be real. Some of these things I'm not good at and some I am. So you have to kind of separate where those insecurities are. Mm-hmm. You're going to kind of go in with a scalpel and cut those out and acknowledge the things that you legitimately aren't good at or, yeah. that, or that you struggle with or that you're insecure about. And then let the other things that you actually are good, let that come out and, and separate it and say, you know what? I actually am good at this. Mm-hmm. But that, that gives you the opportunity to grow then because you can capitalize on the things you're really great at and you then know where you need to get to work. Right. So develop skills, to develop mindsets, to develop your gifts that might be lacking. And, and to, to like, you know, paint that for a musician, as a songwriter, I always break it into three groups, right? You are a lyricist, you are a composer of the music, or you are a melody writer, right? Sure. And usually when people start their songwriting journey, they're really good at at least one of those things and mediocre at at least one of those things. Right. Right? We just generally start out that way. And sometimes you're mediocre at all of them and you're just a blank slate and that's totally fine too. But it's really cool to say, okay, out of those three things, I am a crazy good lyricist. 
I cannot compose music. And it's like, okay, so you're a songwriter, but you're more of a lyricist right now. Either the solution is to find someone to collaborate with, to compose with, or learn how to play an instrument and compose music yourself. But that is a developmental skill set that you have to spend a lot of time doing and pour yourself into to be able to do. Practice, 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 right? Right. So it's cool, though, because if you can be real with where you're at, you can, like you said, find those deficiencies and then find the things. So you can find the things that are not working for you and the things that are working. And then you can try to make those things not working start to work. But the scenario C for me, the third person is the person who knows who they are and knows where they're at and they're super real with it and they're working on it all the time. And those people may or may not have the support, but they tend to have some form of support to help them stand their ground and push them. They have someone in their environment that can hold their hand and um, give them the support they need and not settle for the mediocre, but push them to where they want to be. And, and that's a really cool thing. And, and I want to bring this full circle because we're talking about being real with where we're at and seeing what's working and what's not working and how we need to have outside forces help us to see that, right? Yeah. We need to learn how to peel ourselves open and we, it's really useful to have support and people who can actually help us do that in an honest way and in a loving way. And so the question that I think is, who do you surround yourself with? Are you surrounding yourself with the right people? And if you live in a really remote place where you just don't have access to a music community, that's why we've built what we have. Right. Because every single artist that comes into our studio has community. They have support. They are surrounded by all of the artists here at the studio. They're surrounded by us, the mentors, and just like this huge network right. of like-minded people. For sure. And, and I want to keep exploring this path, but one thing we have to be careful of, we could just go off on this tangent yes. and go down a whole other rabbit hole. But I'm this. just saying, but what I'm saying, though, is that you have to find your crew. Sure. And, and it's, it's all about finding your crew, stabilizing yourself, who you are, um, understanding where you're at, and be, being very real with that so you can see what's working and not working so that you can then take the first step because you can't actually take the first step on your path towards where you want to go if you don't know where you're at right now. Absolutely. And so, yeah, your tribe will help you find where you're at right now. Your crew. They'll just help your, you keep you on the path. Right. So as we did last time, I'm going to ask you this question. If you could boil this podcast down. This episode. This episode. Mm-hmm. How would you sum it up for people? Kind of what I just said, right? Last time we talked about know where you want to go. Now it's be real with where you're at. Figure out what's working and what's not working so that you can build the skills that you need so you can take that first step towards where you want to go. Right. And if you get to the point that you realize, hey, I'm actually not that good at this yet, but I love it and it's my passion, don't feel like it's over for you. It's just time to get to work. Yep, it's time to start building those skills. Right, know exactly where you're at and build one skill at a time and know that this isn't a a two-week thing or a six-month thing or even a one-year thing. This is multiple years of hard work to get to where you want to go. Yeah. 
And on the flip side, mm-hmm. if you are good, you have to start to acknowledge that you actually are good and take that feedback for real and move forward from there and stop shutting yourself down Yeah, and allow yourself to go from where you're at to progress forward. Otherwise, you're going to sit there and keep working on stuff that you don't need to be working on, really. <laughs> it's good to get the fundamentals down, and it's, it's right. so important to always stay there and to keep working on that. But sometimes I feel like people won't take the next step because they feel like they're they have to analysis paralysis. They like just get stuck in the loop of not really believing in themselves or being afraid to move. Right, because they never actually feel like they're progressing from that beginner level. They yeah, always even feel though like they're, they're a beginner. So if you're in that position, find out, like acknowledge what you're not good at for real. Find out what you're insecure about. Insecure about. <laughs> find out, <laughs> realize, like write down, just go and grab a piece of paper and write down, these are the things I am insecure about because I am not good at them or I don't like this about myself. And then on the flip side, write this is something I actually am good at. Yeah. And then how do I, you know, what's the next step to go from there? Like you were saying, because once you know where you're at, then, and know what you want and declare it, then you got to take that first step. But to take that first step, it all starts with knowing where you're at right now. You have to have a launch pad. And so get that feedback by really talking to people who are knowledge about it. Find your tribe, find mm-hmm. your group, find your collective, whatever you want to call it. There's so many words for it these days, but, but get, get a structure around you to give you real feedback and then support you in your journey along the way. Absolutely. All right. I think think that's it. I think that's it for now. Yeah. Well, you guys, uh, like subscribe, (laughs) hang out with us more often, come back for more and, uh, let us know if you need any help with anything, hit us up. Yeah, and please tell anybody that you might know uh, who you think would benefit from this podcast about us, and and let's spread the word. Spread the love. (laughs) All right, guys. Peace out. Peace out.